Thank you, and welcome to Acumen On Air, your spot to hear thought-provoking insights and knowledge-based sharing sessions brought to you by Acumen, part of Sanam S4 Group. You're listening to India's Global Citizens, the role and global impact of India's students with Sandeep Chakravarti, Ministry of Educational Affairs, Joint Secretary, India, at the Acumen Global Gateway Summit, India 2023. Good morning to everyone. I stand here as someone who has not had international education. I uh, went to a college in Delhi University and then I did my post-graduation. And I think I paid 10 cents as fees every month uh, in, in undergraduate. And uh, when I did my post-graduation, I got a scholarship. So I studied free in the Indian public education system. And uh, it was not that I couldn't pay, but the system didn't allow me to pay. And I think that is one of the banes of Indian education, that it is so cheap, and therefore the quality is patchy and indifferent. I speak here as a person who is not in the education business. I have never taught and uh, I, I don't run a university. But I am in some way connected with the process of internationalization. When I am uh, in the ministry in, in external, of external affairs in India or when I am posted abroad, uh, students and education form a very important part of our diplomatic uh, footprint or our diplomatic exercise of basically bringing countries together. Uh, one cannot uh, overemphasize the importance of uh, mobility of students, of, of faculty, of professors, or of the whole education importance, the role it pays, plays in bringing countries and peoples together. Because um, we need to examine education from a larger perspective of migration and mobility. People uh, want international education, of course, for the quality of education, but also for, for career prospects, for, uh, for making some important life decisions. And um, I think um, you people, educationists, or people in the education business, uh, do not realize the importance of or, or the role that you play in, 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 this, uh, in these life decisions. I will um, try to get into some detail of uh, uh, what is this exchange that is taking place. Uh, I think uh, the speaker from Niti Aayog mentioned some numbers. I will just uh, take you through those numbers once again because it's very important to, to highlight those numbers and, and bring to the fore that this current model of uh, international education for India uh, is not sustainable. It is going to change. There are strong uh, tailwinds for change. There are strong headwinds uh, against continuing this. And uh, the speakers mentioned the new education policy. Uh, there is something uh, else which is uh, playing out uh, very strongly in India, which is uh, Atmanirbhar Bharat, which is that India needs to be self-reliant. India needs to be self-reliant in technology. India needs to be self-reliant in education. This model of large number of Indian students going abroad to study is not sustainable because we have become the largest country in the world 
you know, uh, hundreds of millions of students uh, will need education and how much can we, uh, you know, pay and send our students abroad. It also creates issues for foreign countries, for foreign governments. There are migration issues, there are consular issues, there are visa issues and I will get into the visa issues uh, later uh, in, in, uh, in the panel discussion perhaps. But, you know, this one-way traffic of students going abroad uh, needs to change and we need to find ways and means of changing this, uh, this narrative. Uh, the data that I have uh, is, um, was, was given in parliament, so this is very, very authentic data. In 2017, 454,000 Indian students went abroad. It declined to 259,000 in 2020 because of COVID. But you see the rebound. In 2021, it was 444,000. And last year, 2022, it went up to 750,000. So, so almost uh, 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 three-quarter million people went uh, abroad to study. And uh, uh, Dr. Shaw mentioned the top countries, USA, Canada, Australia, Germany. But interestingly, I have a very interesting data point, which, uh, which is that uh, 13,000 students went to Bangladesh. 13,000 Indian students went to Bangladesh. Now, we received students from Bangladesh, 17,000, I'm sorry. In 2022, 17,000 Indian students went to Bangladesh. Now, this, this is not widely known. Can anyone guess why uh, this number for Bangladesh? What kind of education people went for? Can anyone guess? Medical education. Medical education. So, you know, 17,000 students going to Bangladesh for medical education says something about our capacities. We have for... You know, I am in government, so it's not uh, proper for me to, to, to criticize my, my, my government in the past at least. That we have not built the capacities. We have these islands of excellence in IITs and, 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 uh, and uh, IIMs and higher education institutes. But quality education for a common student uh, is, is not available. And what they do? They then look to go abroad and they go to, go to the former Soviet space. They go to uh, Bangladesh, they go wherever they can get education, they are going. Uh, when the Ukraine uh, crisis erupted, the major task of my ministry was to evacuate 22,000 Indian students from Ukraine. So, I, in fact, I was going to the debt. Even students have gone to Afghanistan for education. So, I think this is, this is the challenge that uh, our new education policy faces. This is the challenge that all of us who are in the education space face that how we can give quality education at affordable price to Indians in India. Because that is where the future lies. Because billions of dollars cannot be pumped out of the country to give expensive education to future Indians in foreign universities. So we have to look at internationalization. There are many models of internationalization. I think the new education policy uh, you know, brings forth uh, many models of internationalization. Uh, wherever uh, I have served, I have pushed universities to come to India to do tie-ups. But again, there's a challenge there. 
foreign universities are tying up with only some universities. So, you know, I've, I don't want to name the universities, at least uh, the, the vice chancellors of one university was on the panel. So, we have multiple tie-ups with one university. All universities in the world want to tie up with ABC University. They don't want to venture out of the comfort zone. They don't want to go to, to hinterland in India. Because what I want to say is that unless you do that, unless you work with the B, uh, tier B universities, those people will never get quality improvement. There will never be quality uh, curriculum development. And, you know, this challenge of trying to restrict yourself to only the eight-year universities uh, will, will continue. So that is one point which I want to make. Also, uh, we have to look of various models of internationalization. Uh, Adam uh, uh, mentioned that uh, study abroad programs. Now, study abroad programs are a good way of internationalization. But, they, uh, but it is too less. There are not many Indian universities or institutions uh, which, who, can, uh, who can adopt or uh, accept uh, foreign students. And, and it, is, it is basically done at the initiative of, of companies or organizations uh, uh, like Sanam, for example, who, who bring students. But, but there is no systematic approach towards uh, study abroad program. We can also look at, um, uh, we don't need to look at brick and mortar universities. I'll give you one or two examples. For instance, uh, we are working with France. I deal with uh, West Europe, so I deal with France, UK, uh, Germany, uh, Netherlands, and I'll, I'll come to those countries later on. But with France, uh, there is a program we are running called Campus France. Uh, what Campus France does is, uh, they have not built a brick and mortar university in India. What they do is that they have tied up with several universities in India, and they are running programs uh, with those universities and giving dual degrees. So the French sitting in France are running programs with Indian universities. I think this Campus France model is, is a very sustainable model. Uh, it, it allows um, cross-pollination of ideas and, and students and faculty. And it is a low-cost, uh, high-dividend uh, uh, intervention, uh, which I think uh, uh, all of you could, could look at. Also, you know, COVID has shown us that uh, uh, you know, we can work from home, we can study from home, and, uh, you know, we can uh, divide the time between virtual and, and in-person learning, and that, that works to, to the advantage of not only the students, but cuts down costs. So, unless we look at very, very drastic methods of cu cutting costs of education, uh, of international education, uh, I think, you know, we will be hitting, hitting a wall. I would also give an example uh, that... Um, uh, Indian um, education institutions are also venturing out. Um, uh, we have just now, uh, last week, uh, uh, launched uh, two universities in Africa. Uh, one is IIT Madras uh, in, in Tanzania and uh, a campus of the in, Indian, uh, in, uh, Indian University of Forensic Science in Uganda. So Indian universities are also going abroad and they are looking at several uh, models of working abroad because I believe that, you know, India has uh, some of these capacities uh, because Dr. Shaw mentioned uh, almost 50,000 students coming, uh, coming to India to study. So they must be getting some value for money somewhere. And I think if we can leverage that, uh, we can uh, open uh, universities and institutions uh, abroad. Uh, one last point which I would like to make uh, is that um, uh, we are also watching an interesting trend 
uh, in in uh, indian students uh, uh, going abroad uh, uh, we found uh, in the beginning that people would traditionally be going to the united states canada australia has come up in in the in the recent years but in europe i find that uh, the number of students going to germany has increased dramatically uh, it uh, the students going to netherlands has increased dramatically um, even france because these were not traditional destination from india for indian students but when these countries have moved towards uh, education in english or english language education uh, i am seeing that even students are going to italy uh, to to france to to spain and some of the non english speaking countries including uh, czech republic so this is a new phenomena uh, which we are observing because uh, traditional uh, markets or destinations for indian students have become very expensive and also the visa processes have become uh, difficult but i again uh, a contrary view here is that uh, for instance we find a dramatic increase in uh, in the number of students going to the uk now uh, you know we did some analysis and we found that the the the, the, the united kingdom changed visa policy uh, it allowed uh, uh, it allowed post study visa so you could uh, you could finish education in a uk university and then uh, you were entitled to a post study visa to work in 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 uk that has had an amazing effect on on uh, on uh, students uh, going to uk so again canada allows easy uh, uh, post study uh, job opportunity so we find a greater trend towards towards canada and i think um, uh, the united states has has visa issues so you will find uh, changes there but again uh, germany is one good example where Uh, the visa policies are a liberal so it is attracting uh, indian students we should remember that students represent uh, uh, healthy legal migration and migration is a phenomena uh, which is will be there you cannot you cannot stop migration if you do not allow legal migration migration will happen illegally so i think you and us represent the very healthy aspect of migration students when they go abroad they 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 represent the very best of a country they uh, we all know the talent deficit that is uh, that is there in uh, in europe in america in australia so you need uh, technical or qualified people not only that uh, i am seeing at least in europe now uh, what happened in uh, in uh, in the gulf is happening in europe uh, there are no qualified or skilled workmen so we are now entering into migration agreements with countries like portugal italy where uh, we 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 will be required to send workmen and as dr shaw mentioned india has become the largest country in the world uh, i think yesterday so you know we will have lot of people uh, who 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 need employment and and if the visa policies are liberal if if people have surety and and guarantee that you know when they when they when they go abroad and they come back to india they will again get a chance or you know they will be reemployed i think uh, it will solve some of these problems that migration brings and also deal with the issue of uh, illegal migration so what i want to say is that there are two trends we are observing one is internationalization in terms of indian students going abroad but i think the current government policy the nep and um, the effort of government of india is to bring internationalization to indian students in india and to the extent that all of you can contribute to that i think you will find a very very welcome and 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 uh, very friendly ecosystem which will allow that i want to compliment uh, the ministry of education and ugc for coming up with the guidelines 
uh, on opening of foreign campuses in India. Uh, those have been well received. We also got uh, a lot of comments and feedback from various universities. And uh, particularly, uh, I will not be able to take a name, but I have pushed at least one university from, uh, from Italy uh, to, to, to open their, uh, their, their campus in India. And uh, they, I'll give you a small uh, a data point. They have in their campus in Italy every year 1,000 Indian students. And uh, the cost of uh, education there is uh, 100,000 euros per year. So you can imagine the, the, the outflow that is taking place. And it's a three-year program, so they have 3,000 Indian students in that institute. And uh, they said that they will come and open their campus in India and it will become an Indo-Pacific campus, for instance. Uh, they, they, will, uh, they will then attract students from other parts of, this, uh, other parts of Asia uh, and, and Indo-Pacific re uh, region to come in and study in, in their campus, uh, which they want to set up uh, outside Delhi. So uh, if you come to India, if you open campus, whether brick and mortar or virtually, I think uh, there will be a lot of demand, uh, not only from India, but also from the region of students who want to come and uh, study uh, in, in international standard universities or institutes in India. I will end by saying that our Minister of External Affairs is very much uh, for internationalization. In fact, I think we are the only, uh, only Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the world which runs two universities. So the Nalanda University, the new Nalanda University and the South Asian University are universities which have been set up uh, by the Ministry of External Affairs because we you know, some years back felt that India needs international universities and we have made an effort and, and these universities have now grown and become centers of excellence. So with these words, I, 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 I painted a broad picture. I painted a picture uh, uh, which comes from my own experience of dealing with these issues uh, in my job as, uh, as Joint Secretary for West Europe. But, but uh, you may find a little bit of uh, lack of coherence in what I'm saying, but b because I'm not in, uh, not in this education uh, sector, uh, I, I may have um, uh, lacked uh, coherence. But uh, what I wanted to say is that, you know, uh, I clearly see that after the new education policy, the government is clearly focused on setting up or internationalization of education in India at home. And, you know, there will be less incentives for uh, for people going abroad. So I would encourage uh, foreigners who have come or people from abroad who have come here to look at how they can give quality education to Indians in India. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Akiman On Air. Make sure to subscribe to hear regular sessions packed with insights for international education professionals around the world.